Welcome everyone to another episode of Dose Knows. This episode is being brought to you in part by our friends at Onnit, Early GoPro, Ola Brewery, Kona Boys, Kona Coffee Tea, Maverick Sport Fishing, and Green Energy Drink. If you haven't tried green yet, you guys are seriously missing out on some rad energy because uh, this is pretty much the go-to beverage for anyone who's active, whether you're um, or inactive and is going to definitely get you active but it's the go-to drink for surfers hunters bikers mountain climbers freaking porn stars and anybody out there you want to get some kick before you do your thing then drink a green energy drink it's all natural it's uh made with kale coconut juice and um what's the other one i'm thinking of kale coconut juice and green tea yeah it's badass stuff man I love it. I drink it everywhere I go. They actually send it to me wherever I'm going on my travels, so I have it. And I'm always kicking it and drinking it. It's the best. I love it. I love them. So uh, go check them out at drinkgreenenergy.com. Get you a case or two or all kinds of gear that they have on there. Enter in promo code DOZDOZ and you get 20% off. The great thing is they have free shipping too. So... 20% off with promo code DOZDOZ at drinkgreenenergy.com. Um, don't forget, you guys can find me on all social media, such as uh, on Instagram, it's Dozer Dave and DOZDOZ Podcast. On uh, Facebook, it's Dozer Dave Barnett and um, also DOZDOZ Podcast. And on Twitter, it's Dozer Dave Knows. You can go to my website at doesknows.com where you can get a full in-depth look at our guests, links to our sponsors, links to all the promos, direct links even, and uh, it's it's awesome. You can check it out, doesknows.com. Um, don't forget, if you guys like this podcast, give me a review. Go in there. It's the biggest thing I need, you know. Reviews will keep sending us to the top. So uh, go in there, whether you're listening to it on Stitcher, on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you listen to it, give me a review and let's pump this podcast up even higher than it is because it's doing pretty damn good right now. But let's get it really big. I want to surpass Joe Rogan. So let's do this. Yeah. Um, the guest this week is my good buddy. He's from South Africa. His name is Damien Farrenfort. Um, he's a former pro surfer. He's just one of the coolest, nicest, badass motherfuckers on the planet. Surfs insane. He's surfed with sharks and freaking all kinds of monsters, monsters of the sea out there in South Africa. And uh, he's just a rad dude now. He is uh, managing guys like Jordy Smith and Michael February and a bunch of other pros, and he's got a great marketing and advertising company. Um, yeah, so let's give a big warm welcome to Damien Farrenfort. Oh, no. 
Duma, welcome to the show, bro. Thanks, Doz. Stoked to be here, man. I know, man. It's been a long time since we've seen each other. I know. And to connect on the boardwalk in Venice Beach. Oh, even better. Yeah, I know. I'm stoked to see you, man. You've, uh, I was telling somebody earlier, they're like, who are you going to do a podcast with? I was like, oh, it's a buddy of mine from Kona. And he looked after me from a young kid. And he's always, we've always stayed in contact. We don't get to see each other enough. But uh, he's here now. And I'm stoked to see you. Yeah, dude. I'm super stoked to see you. And especially watching you grow up as a pro surfer and... Um, just killing it because you came out the same time as Jordy Smith and, uh, and you guys just were traveling all over the world and, and Jordy just went one way and you ended up going another way. And yeah, unfortunately, I mean, fortunately and unfortunately, but, uh, one day I was, uh, we were in Hawaii and I was surfing with Jordy and we we're there's young Billabong Groms and might have been just before I met you and I saw him surfing and I was like, all right, this guy is just, you know, at that stage, we were still pretty competitive. Right. But then it was like, all right, this is just a whole other level of talent. Yeah. And, you know, it took me, it was a hard pull to swallow at that age because we'd been so competitive. And then I was like, all right, it's uh, time to go do something else. And now I manage him, which has come full circle, right? Right. Yeah. He's still, so he's essentially still paying my bills. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, yeah. dude. And now I tried to get him on the show the other day. I called him and um, is when I first got here and he's like, those I'd totally be on the show, but I'm literally like packing. I got to fly tonight. Well, we'll get him when go to Europe. We'll get him in December this year. Yeah, for yeah, sure. He'll be a good one. I I don't think you know my biggest challenge with Jordy always is, and this is I think one of your skills on the show is being able to get the best out of them and the true personality, right? Right. So often when these cameras and you see the webcast and then you know it's a dude with a Red Bull hat on, mm-hmm. and they say what you think, what they think they want you you want to hear, right? You know. So lucky to be in this contest. Bless, blah, 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 blah. Boards are great. Da, 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 da. Stoked. Yes. And, you know, it's uh, fucking tiring. But Jordy is funny. As you know him, he's yes. funny. He's woody. He's sharp. He's got all these different influences outside of surf that he does and all these other interests. Um, so I think it'd be cool to get him in Hawaii. And he just bought a house there too. So Yeah, he did. Well, some of, some of my favorite boards, because I would actually grab them from him after the season. And they were some of the best boards I ever rode. Well, everyone that I know that's ever got a board, you know, like Jay Fred. Because I'm a big dude, too. Well, that's you know? it. He, he's perfected the big guy board. Right. You know, and this was his biggest challenge with his sponsors through the years is those guys like, you know, Channel Islands, one of his big challenges was they make boards. They were making boards for Kelly. So all the models were coming off a dude that's like right. 5'10", uh, I think, at a stretch, maybe 5'11", uh, yeah. no, probably 8". Um, so scaling up the boards was enough. So he really focused on how do we make big guy boards because there was Sonny who just rode like – crazy boats sure and then geordie but more refined because of the aerials and all that so yeah the big guys love his boards yeah because you know growing up we all wanted to ride what the pros ride well that's you it. know everyone and, today not but, just growing up yeah and, and and it was like the boards are too thin there's no way i'm gonna ride this thing especially with that light glass too fine-tuned too thin like and we're not all surfing perfect waves every day you yeah. know and i think that's the misconception that's often happening right right and i think that's one of the best things kelly did was he switched things around, even though he's only 5'11", right? Or 5'10"? Yeah, 5'6". Sorry, Yeah, maybe 5'8". I think he's the same size as Shane. But, you know, when he he switched it around to that deep six and um, started riding pipeline on a wider, shorter, fatter board. I can almost remember that year he was in the final with Timmy Reyes. Yes. And people were like, what is he riding? And it was fucking crazy. I saw that live as a grom on the beach, right? Yeah. And and Chris Ward made the semis. There was some hip, probably one of the heaviest I've ever seen pipe. And I I don't think people rode boards the same since. No, they never have. Everybody wanted to switch it up. 
They thought it was a fluke at first. Yeah, that's it. well. They, everyone just you know what everyone and this is the Kelly effect too. And I see John John has a similar effect. Sometimes Geordie, but more so Kelly more than anyone is. He's such a freak of nature. It's hard for people to relate to. Right. So he comes out and talks about a surfboard. So with Firewire, when he brought out that board, this uh, Matic or whatever it was called, everyone was like, yeah, it's Kelly Stater. Like, of course he's going to say it goes, not of course he's going to say it goes well, but of course he rips it. It's Kelly Stater. Right. But it didn't, ta- it wasn't until Stuart Kennedy beat him mm. that people were like, holy shit on his own board. Right. On that equipment being like, holy shit, this fucking board is crazy. Yeah. You know, and that's, and that's what it takes because sometimes he's so, He's, you know, he's an icon. So it's hard to relate to sometimes on that right. level. Everyone in between, you're a good friend of his, so you try it out firsthand and you can know. But for everybody else, it takes a bit of time to catch up or trust that, hey, this will actually work for me too. And because right. we're all kooks compared to those guys. Right, right. Well, I was, I'm super stoked because tomorrow I actually jump on a flight and I head down to Costa Rica and Nicaragua and southern Mexico. And I'm going to meet Shane and Jackson there. And um, in that, remember where they had the Rip Girl search? Yeah. In Salinas Cruise area. And then I'm going to finish up in Cabo before I go home. And I went to the Firewire factory and just loaded up on all kinds of new boards. Of course, you know, I've had a torn rotator, rotator cuff injury for the last year. And so I've gained a few pounds. And Haven't we all, man? It's called age, <laughs> not rotator cuff. Well, there must be something wrong with my rotator cuff too. <laughs> so I put on about 15 pounds. Yeah, definitely, dude. I put on like 20, man, and I'm just dying over here. Um, so I loaded up on a whole new quiver, and I'm ready to go, dude. Good for you, man. kind just sent me all kinds of board bags and deck pads and leashes. Right. and You're going to go, I'll tell you what, Selena Cruz is... Uh, there's no better place to be a surfer, but you're going to surf for like three days and all that weight you're talking about will be gone, bro. Yeah. It's the hottest place you've ever been. That's what Shane you're, was saying. You're in the water for hours, but it's honestly, there's no better place to be a surfer. And even if it's crowded there, it's fucking out of this world. How are the rips? There's not really a rip because you're walking around, you're jumping off the point the whole time. Okay. So you literally walk like knee, ankle, waist deep, and then you just jump and you're in the lineup. Ah. Especially at Conejo where you're going to be staying at right. Bugs' Resort. Yeah. You know? There's a few. There's Sal- uh, Caesar. He's kind of the original guy that took Andy and all those guys yeah. on there. And I was lucky enough to go there when, geez, Jordy and I first moved here 10 years ago. Michael Thompson took us down and Caesar was the only one with the camp really? before David, before anyone, before Bugs, all of them. And uh, we got to see it and there was no one around. Like Before surfaces. the rip curl search? Just after that. Yeah, yeah. So about two years after that, but it was still pretty untouched because there was no one, just nowhere to stay. Right. Now there's a lot of camps, but even though there's a lot more camps and surfers, the lineups are still... They're crowded, but they're empty because there's so many waves there. Right. Right. Well, I'm a goofy foot. So I know. Shane's like, get every single left you can get in Nicaragua. Yeah, that's good advice. Get <laughs> no, dirty, yeah. bro. There's a beach break with a pretty crazy left just in the harbor there. Yeah. So if it's like devil wind everywhere else, you'll, they'll take you there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, otherwise you're doomed. Like there's no lefts. Doomed. The backside you running is going to be. It's going to be on point. You'll be ready for winter in Hawaii. Jackson Dorian's going to be freaking. What about that kid, man? WCT when it's all done. The crazy part is, and this is what's cool, and I don't think people know this, and I'm sure he's pushing him to a degree, but you know, you assume because that kid's so good that Shane is like, you know, this kind of soccer dad, like right. Dino and Dino style, like you fucking, you do that. And, but he's not. He's like, dude, this kid's surfing. That's cool, man. He he's, just stoked his Grom surfing. But he doesn't listen to him either. No. All the other Groms do. 
It's just a whole. You never listen to your dad. No, no one wants to listen to their pops. But but it's cool that Shane just like blown away that he's surfing. Yeah, and so stoked and actually can't believe it. And that's the coolest part. We were freaking out in the beginning because he didn't want to surf. All he wanted to do was skateboard. But you know, it's kind of a good thing. I'm I'm really stoked that he just started skateboarding his brains out because he just went Richter skateboarding. Well, you learn what's like possible, right, on a skateboard because there's so much more opportunity because you can repeat things over and over again. You know, like I don't think, you know, that last edit that Jackson dropped, which was pretty depressing, I think, for any man that (laughs) considered themselves once a pretty decent surfer. He's doing the full rotations in Waco at the wave pool. He's a... That's got to come from skateboarding. Yeah. There's no way a Grom would have learned those kind of rotations if he wasn't skateboarding at that right. age you know how to throw the shoulder over the past the chin and up and over you know this yeah well he's got some photos that just came out um the other day where he's like totally getting barreled that's shame he's uh, looking you can see him he's looking up at that lip and he's just like ah frothed out just getting shacked I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be like right on the shoulder, looking at him, going, "Yeah, Jackson. You'll probably get a better Same wave. Same one for me. Yeah. You'll probably get a better wave at pipe this year than I'll get. Oh, I'll go there for guaranteed. two weeks. You know what I mean? And like, I think it'll be my twentieth season or fifteenth season. Guaranteed. Yeah. Now, um, after you left the tour, what have you been doing besides managing? I know you worked for Stab for a while. Yeah. So you had after- an office here. You had a store here. Yeah. So after I left the tour, well. I was with Rusty surfing at the time and they offered me a good deal to keep kind of free surfing and I was doing a bit of like modeling and all the shit that, mm-hmm. you know, the top guys wouldn't do. I was kind of quite happy you're, to do it. You're a good looking dude. Thanks, bro. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll drink to that. In a head of sexual way, let yeah, me say. Oh, absolutely. Of course. Um, so I was offered a good deal from Rusty to keep surfing. And at the same time, I was, I had that blog, Doomers Rumors, and I was offered a deal from Quicksilver. Mm-hmm. And they wanted me to come on to work on the digital marketing and that kind of side of the storytelling because this was still pretty early days of the internet or right. especially in that kind of, I don't even think there was many like e-commerce sites at that stage. Mm-hmm. Like I remember Nixon, when I first met with, even with Stab, when I started Stab, they were like, well, we don't really have like an e-commerce site yet because like we have the stores and they'll be pissed off. And like to think that now is, feels like you know 100 years ago but anyway so i took this job at quicksilver because surfing was like brazil or south africa like the rich are rich the poor are poor there was no middle class i think 2009 2008 wiped that out so i went and started um working at quicksilver started learning at that stage it was kind of the bad time at quicksilver like i remember my third or fourth week 200 people getting laid off and in my life at that stage i'd never seen someone get laid off and i'd been pretty careless because 36 grand a year like I couldn't spend I was like living the dream making that much right. money So, but to see people like getting laid off with their kids and family after being there for 15 years and like I saw someone crying in the office I was like oh shit maybe life isn't such a like a joke and just like a big party right and uh, so I took that a bit serious and I decided okay I'm going to learn as much as I can but unfortunately just with the position the business was in I couldn't do much so at that time I was in Australia for the Quicksilver Pro I met, I'd known Sam from Stab and always liked what he'd done. And, you know, Stab was risky when they started, you mm-hmm. know. They were controversial and often the greatest things are, you know. And They're one of the funnest mags because they, they don't give a shit. No, they don't. And they said how it is. And, you know, the, the thing to remember, and I learned this from my Doomers Rumors, my blog, which got me the job at Quicksilver, was pro surfers, it isn't like other kind of fame. Like if you're famous in Hollywood and you do anything wrong, it's in the news. Pro surfers, they want like all the fame, but none of the bad stuff that comes with fame, right? Right. (laughs) Like, you know, like if you mentioned somebody was 
God forbid, even cheating or whatever. Like it would just be regular tabloid news in the U.S. with a celebrity. Well, well, let's let's go back here just a little bit because you were a commentator. Mm-hmm. You, you remember that very well. So this is quite funny. So this is a good story. So I went to Quicksilver. I was like, hey, I'm quitting. I'm doing this thing. Stab. At the time, and I won't mention who the president was, he said to me, hey, there's so much shit going on here. Just go do that thing for a while. And we want to talk to you in a few months. So like, we'll keep right. you paying you. But it's got to be highly illegal to keep playing an employee that's literally I wouldn't go to the office for three weeks at a time. Right. And uh, which uh, they were like, because the shit they were going through. And he was like, it's out of my control. I'm trying to figure it out. So I started Stab for like a few like I was probably did for three months, still getting employed by Quicksilver. Mm-hmm. And then I went to France and I was kind of like a double agent. I was like doing stab work and Quicksilver right. work, but I was there for Quicksilver to do the commentary. <laughs> and Snake and I, we had a couple of drinks in the booth. Well, Snake booth. is Jake Patterson. Jake Patterson, yeah, who, yeah. who you know, is... It's, there's a, know there's a lot is. of people that are not surfers that listen to this okay. podcast. Oh, that, so. And that's why I'm here. Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to solve them. <laughs> um, so Snake had been fired. So Snake had been a pro surfer. He had won a couple of major events. I remember watching him beat Shane Doran, Taj Burn, Andy Irons in the final at Sunset. So He's one of the greatest. Honestly. And he won J- yeah. I, I remember actually even my earliest memories was watching him win J-Bay twice. Two years in a row, mm-hmm. which is like always the, one of the hardest events to win. Anyway, so Snake and I were in the booth. And his nickname's Jake the Snake Patterson because he was a savage competitor. Yeah. Um, and we were in the booth and they had fired this British guy off the webcast the day before. His name was Spencer Hargraves. And no one, actually, I've never ever told anyone this. So he got told like he's off the webcast because any Brit loves the booze, right? So, right. so what was happening? This, so contest, all hammered. <laughs> this contest was going on like, the contest was happening about three miles away. Yeah. from the actual setup for the event because what happens in France, they move the banks all the time and right. things change. So it was happening in the middle of nowhere. We were commentating three miles away, so we were fucking bored. We were sitting there like, because you do two heats on, two heats off. Right. So two heats off, like we're just like, you can't drink in the booth, but like two heats off, we're just like, <laughs> especially in France. Friday afternoon in France, yeah. <laughs> so we get in the booth for the final, couple final heats and Snake and I, we'd been, pushing the boundaries a little bit about betting right. scores at the same time Dirk Ziff and then we're looking at to buy the WSL yes. this is when it was still the ASP yes. so not I mean I wish they'd give us some foresight like hey guys the bosses are watching this or the potential buyers are watching for this event like let's keep it PG and professional Right. my whole thing always was a cure and I wasn't getting paid to be there it was just part of my job for Quicksilver you know sure. so I was like and it just, so I was just like whatever and enjoying it but Jake and I just spoke like you and I right here we're speaking like two of us just hanging out talking shit and you know I still get messages about how much that people loved it because we were like Parker's getting fucking overscored they're scoring because he's a world champ and then we're like hey I'll bet you two beers when we leave the booth that that's gonna be the score and like we're talking like that and the next day we got this email and I remember his name was he was an old pro surfer um, uh, uh, Mark uh, Richards no, something Warren. Um, oh man, what's his name? He was running at the time for Quicksilver. Mark Warren. He was, and I remember he came to us. He was so bummed. He's like, guys, like, we've got to have this meeting later about the webcast. Like, I'm really sorry. And that kind of thing. And Mick Fanning was there because he was a service rep at the time. And he's like, mate, storm in a teacup. And then I heard later on that, like, the f- Kelly, the final nail in the coffin came from Kelly messaging, like, somebody. And I was like, you know, something needs to change. These guys are a bit loose. Not us, not knowing that Ziff and them are thinking about saving the WSL or the ASP at the right, time, right, right. buying it. So that was the final nail in the coffin. 
uh, not Fernando. Uh, what's his name who runs it? Um, oh, fuck. He's, he's a good dude. He used to, Lisa Anderson, used to be married to Lisa Anderson, Brazilian guy. Oh, yeah. Um, thinking Fernando from the ISA. Um, anyway, it'll come to me. Yeah. But he came to us and he's like, guys, like you fired this and that. And like, you know, he told us and he told us like he was sorry. And like, so we had to get all the webcasts and he came to me and he was like, you know, you're just guilty by association with snake. They're firing snake. Like you're getting fired because of him. And I was like, ah, oh, fuck, like whatever. Like I get to hang out for two weeks. And it was the first day, right. two weeks in France and just like spend Quicksilver's money. I was like, this is awesome. I'm gonna go surf and hang out. And, uh, the next day I put in, I wrote a stab article about it and I threw, Fuck, what's his name, man, from WSL? Uh, it's going to come to me. He's who I, He's an awesome guy and we get along great. Um, we, I threw him under the bus. Uh, <laughs> and they've never quite looked at me the same. <laughs> to this day. Did you get WSL. fired from Quicksilver? No. So I went home and I said Quicksilver. And at that stage, I was down at Quicksilver. I was looking for like a way out. Right. And I'd been earning money for long enough for free. So I, I phoned this, the boss and I was like, hey, man, you've got to. This, this thing that happened in France really offended me. And, and full story, it will come around. This thing really offended me. You need to let me go. And he was like, what? And I was like, can you just lay me off? And because I was like, because everyone else is getting payouts. I was right. like, how do I get a payout? So I convinced him to lay me off, even though I had another job, full-time another job right, going right, at the time. Right. I convinced him to lay me off and he laid me off and I got like three months severage and uh, oh, what's it called? Um, severage? Severance. Severance. Sev- three months severance. And... Uh, he and I got like keep my computer and all the stuff. I like I, f- I fought for a bunch of stuff. Right. I remember I got this check. So when I was at Quicksilver, I was telling you before, I'd, I'd go like weeks without going there and I'd go on trips and that kind of thing. But I never, I, it was my first real, it was actually not my first real job. It was the first job I'd ever done. My first day at Quicksilver was the first day I'd done any kind of work other than like write a blog post, stand in front of a camera or like guess bartend at like one of Billabong's right. parties when I sponsored by them. So I was just like, what the fuck is this? Like, oh, you got to file for holiday? No, I'll just go away. Like right. one of the people when they were doing the big layoffs literally said, I should have done what Damien did and just not come in for the last week and you wouldn't have been able to lay me off. Like that was like a, a complaint from HR. <laughs> and I didn't just know any better. And I, but I was eager to learn and ready to work, but it was just a shit time. So I got this check for, I think it was like my three months pay, my medical my vacation and my sick time because I'd never taken any of it because I didn't right. know you didn't yeah. have to apply for it. And uh, I got a check was like twenty six or $27,000 and I kept it in my drawer for like two weeks scared to cash it because I was like, they're going to catch me for fraud <laughs> or something. This is like... <laughs> I've never... I haven't got a check like this ever. <laughs> this is too good to be true. I've never seen that much money. I was just, I rocked up in America with $300. Like right. I was earning rands, African rands. It's 15 to 1. And... uh I cashed it and I put it in my bank account and then, and then you know, at this stage I was, I had another job and I was making good money with Stab. So I invested in this company called House Beer, uh-huh. which is a beer company. I, I remember I had an opportunity to possibly invest in, um, St. Archer's and I didn't take it. And those guys at this time had made of, I think a 50 grand investment. You made 700 grand in less than 18 months with this beer company. Right. You know, they basically rode the wave of Instagram, the height of Instagram and athlete marketing. They rode. I mean, Josh Landon was, you know, people don't like him, but it was a genius what he did. Like, it was, you know, they call it a unicorn now, what he did. Anyway, so I would, for straight, my roommate Tom Carey had put in, maybe he was a photographer, he put in a 100 grand in 
made 1.2 or so. He made some absurd money. Everybody was. And so was Dusty Payne, who I was living with. He invested a lot and made a shit ton. And uh, so I rode that wave and I was like, oh, another beer company starting up. Like I get in. So I put 25 grand to that. And just like three days ago, I got the email saying like, it's done and dusted. Oh, you know, unless, unless someone's been making any money. No, no, it's been four, five or six years. Um, there's 76 investors. Uh, I counted. So the guy fucking CC. There's a big call to, I've actually got a call tomorrow about it, which I'm looking forward to because it's going to be the roast of <laughs> the founder. Um, right. there's 75 angry investors and I put in 25. I mean, my business partner put in 125. His friend's family like put in like 250. Like there's like three. What the hell? That's weird. Emergency services. Dude, it's three million I, in there. Do you have that new eleven? No, I've got I have the, the new eleven. No, no, I don't. I've got the previous one. Yeah, it it was. Uh, I'm sitting here having a conversation the other day, and all of a sudden it freaking went off, and it just started searching for what I was talking about. Dude, it's it's I, crazy. Let me tell you on this whole conspiracy level, the fucking government is crazy. Like what Instagram and Facebook and them can do. Yeah, we'll talk about a brand guaranteed right now. We can talk about. Okay, Maui Gym. Yeah. Maui Gym. The first time I ever saw my pair of Maui Gyms was with you. We were going fishing with your friend Kevin Hilbert. Is yeah, that his Kevin name? Kevin Hibbert. Hibbert. He took us out on his boat that he's currently, uh, he was, a, he's a big game fisherman. He took us out. I caught it my first fish, right. first real fish. Um, and I, he was wearing a pair of Maui Gyms. I was like, what are Maui Gyms? This is a fucking dorky brand. And then I started seeing all the OGs of OG fishermen wearing them. And I started noticing like, oh, yo, if you oh, wear a pair of Maui gyms, you're fucking you're cool. Yeah. You're badass. And they're like 400 bucks. Right. <laughs> you know, I bet you in a, an hour we'll have Maui gym ads running through our Instagram, Facebook. And Guaranteed. It's uh, Guaranteed. Yeah. And we've said Maui gym, yeah. Maui gym, Maui gym. Like, It'll be insane. A brand that I will never look for in my entire life. You know, that, that was the last time I probably mentioned their name. Yeah. It was Maui gym then. And now we'll, we'll be served with Maui Jim ads. Well, let's, because uh, I'm going to hide my phone right now. Put let's, your phone up close. Let's get No, put it up gym. close. No, put it up close. Because uh, let's see if it searches for black dildos. Black dildos. <laughs> black dildos. <laughs> any kind that, dildos. That's just in the recently searched stuff. <laughs> so what are you talking about? Yeah. That is being like, oh, that old shit again? More Pornhub? <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> no, it's fucked up, man. <laughs> I'm talking about that fucked up shit and black dildos. Did you see Pornhub's new campaign that they did? No. The sex on the dirtiest beach. Let's clean our beaches. Really? Oh my god! So you know how the whole world's cleaning up the beaches right, and right, like right. we're all sustainably conscious. So Pornhub recently did a they did a porno on like the world's dirtiest beach, Ugh. and that's the whole campaign. Let's help us clean the world's dirtiest beach, and. For every view, money was donated. Every full view of the porno, money was donated right. to charity, uh, to the beach cleanup. And like in the back of these people burning and everything, it's like people cleaning up at the beach with hazmat suits. <laughs> like, so like, but genius. It, it was. How much money did they raise? I don't know. Probably, I'm going to say 20 million bucks or something. Like a big amount. Holy you shit. know, like they raised some serious cash. Holy I mean, shit. Yeah. Wow. No one's actually looking at the trash around them. No, you know? no. And it was a dirty beach, huh? Yeah, it was. Wow. I've been to some beaches, man, that are so gnarly. I lived in China for a while. And um, the medical waste, oh. everything on the beaches, needles popping, popping up everywhere. Sorry, I'm burping. This vodka. Um, I, hemp I hate. 
Is it a high, high hemp-infused yeah. freaking coconut pineapple sparkling water? Make you fall be, asleep. It's got me burping. No, I'm not going to fall asleep. But China, going back to that, my friends did that um, event. They do the Chinese like boar, which is like the the river wave surf right. challenge. You know, right on the Shanghai. Yeah, the Shanghai, and they said no joke. There's like bodies washing along the shore oh, when the surge is coming. What? Yeah, like it's like not just one. Like they saw a couple. Some South African kids did it. Wow, I built a golf course right on the Yangtze River. I they for- actually reclaimed the land. I forgot that's what your past life was, building golf courses. <laughs> I know. I yeah. forgot about it too, man. Crazy. That's when I met you. I think we played golf on one of the courses yes, we, that you had oh built. Oh, my God. That was yeah, that Shane's was a, tournament. Yeah. I'd yeah. never played a game of golf before. Really? That was my first oh my time. God, I think so much fun. Yeah, you can't remember how Yeah, that's was, <laughs> I think now when I get hammered on the golf course, it actually, I, my game gets worse. Back then, it actually helped it. <laughs> well, it yeah. helps mine now. Yeah. I like, I, I pulled in here, um, what was it, uh, a week ago. Schwab's like, dude, let's get down to the golf course as soon as you finish that podcast. I ended up playing with freaking, uh, the son of the president of Indonesia. Yeah. He kicked my ass. Amazing. Yeah. That's fucking rad. I think that's what Wave Wars are going to be one day. They're going to be the surface golf courses. Yes. That's where like business gets done and you meet crazy people like, oh, I was just doing this session in the surf and like fucking this Kelly said it was out there or, you know, <laughs> some crazy business dude. You never know, man. Um, these things are insane, especially the one that our friend wants to develop. Yeah. And uh, that thing's going to be out of this world. They are. Like, you know, every time I go, like, I want to not like him. And then I go there, I'm like, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing ever. Like, I catch two waves. I'm like, oh, I need more. I need more. Yeah. And there's a legitimate thing. Uh, there's a le- now, Where have you gone? Have you gone I've to been, BSR or have you gone to California? I've been way? to BSR. So, BSR is probably the most similar to surfing. Okay. Because the wave breaks really – Kelly's wave, you kind of ride straight the whole way. You're kind of surfing against static water. But the wave is bigger and better. Right. BSR is just like nonstop waves. Right. So they've got that one. So like you catch 40 waves in an hour. That's what I heard. You know, between you and three or four friends. So it's absurd. Like you can't keep up. Uh, but the wave is a bit smaller, right? Like I'm a bit big for it. You know, sure. I'm even probably too big for Kelly's one. Yeah. Um, but I'm 6'4". So, but tall and lanky and kind of stand tall. Yeah. Um, you know, Kelly's I can get proper barrel. That BSR I can't really... Um, and then I've surfed the old edition of Wave God and I haven't surfed the new one, but I'm fascinated by them. Right. Yeah. I've, I haven't, it's like Wave Garden kind of disappeared. Yeah. Apparently they're launching one in Bristol in the UK next uh-huh. week. Um, yeah, but their technology is a bit off. So they had that kind of fanning system, which, right. which was basically like a fan in the water, which pumped waves at a wall, which bounced refraction. So they were using kind of refraction. BSR, they use kind of these underwater bazookas that pump air and power and creates these waves. Yeah, blast. Like that one is weird. Like you're sitting. So when you surf, normally you're kind of sitting in the water. A wave comes, you just kind of turn and paddle and you kind of stay at that same level on the water. Whereas this BSR one, it dips down. So you sink like six foot and the wave comes from underneath there because it's obviously Mm. however the pumps are working. But those people, I interviewed them recently, are like legitimate crazy engineer scientists right. like the, both parents worked on apollo 11 oh wow yeah and that's how they like there's photos they show me photos of their parents are like and they never knew each other young yeah. just later on figured out that both parents are in this photo i'm like next to buzz aldrin and the whole crew neil armstrong and all them yeah um but they're these mad scientists then you've got 
Tom Lockfeld that's doing one in Palm Springs with Kalani and the whole crew. There's Kelly's, there's Wave Girl. What I mean, oh, there's uh, oh, there's the Plunger, the Plunger. Yeah, which I and think they just redid. Which looked it looked good. I, mean, it's I actually look small. You got too small for me. That's I'm critical. Yeah. yeah, so and you, yeah, it's, yeah I'm six foot tall. Even for it. me, that's still. And, and to me, their body of water needs to be too big mm-hmm. to work. Um, it's funny. My father-in-law's an engineer for Boeing, and does like he's currently work on NASA stuff. Like he's just a genius. And he, I showed him a video of it, and I was showing him all the kind of different wave pools. I'll take him through them one day. And he saw a video of the first one. He's like, and before I could even tell him that it was broken and wasn't working, he's like, why is the pump hollow or the plunge? Like, it doesn't work. Like, it's going to be too much energy for the motor to, like, keep or, you know, whatever his right. scientific side of it. He told me, and he's like, that's going to break soon. I was like, that's fucking crazy. It's broken. And I was like, how did these guys not get a normal engineer to see that? Right. <laughs> like, he's like, that is some, like, basic engineering shit. Right. need the weights. And so we'll see. They're, they're challenges. But I was saying, you know, I had a meeting earlier, and I was talking about, it's amazing the surf industry is in the worst way it's ever been. You know, you've got like brands getting sold for less than their, their yearly. It seems like for the last at least 10 years. Yeah, since 2008. So this is the second, I'm calling this is the second um, financial crisis for the surf industry coming. But did you got Ripcall that just sold for 350 million a few days ago, which is something like 50 or 100 million less than they're doing a year in sales. Right. How does it sell for less? You know, they're not, that's like the worst evaluation I've ever heard. Right. It's Ripcord. And I, granted, they've been trying to get rid of it for a while, so they're offloading it. But still, you know, that was like the last holdout. They were the last like big brand that was privately owned. Right. Um, but to get less money than they make in a year is absurd. But anyway, so the service industry is struggling, but there's like, you can talk about like Brazil kind of style, like, but there's like people paying for wafers. Yes. <laughs> you know, like, uh, 10 million is the start off fee, 10 million and above, you know, to, right. to make them. But like, you know, surf industry is like dead in the pool. Why do you see that? Um, there's more surfers than ever. I don't think the surf industry yeah, is. Ma- exactly. That's one of the reasons why I'm like, I'm having a hard time with it. So, two yeah. things. I still think the surf industry is a successful industry. Uh-huh. I think they're all stuck in yesteryear of 2000 and those early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Surfing should never have been that big. You know, I uh, interviewed. Um, Paul Norday earlier, who was one of the founders of Billabong in the US and then sold it and, and founded that company, Vistler. And he spoke to this and, and I interviewed him about the same thing. And he spoke about that saying, the seventy should never have been as big as it got. Right. That was an anomaly. You know, the non, the non endemic or the aspirant market picked it up and they were like, this is fucking kind of what we're seeing in skateboarding right now. Right. On the other side of this, when skateboarding isn't cool, industry is going to be like fuck what happened like what when we had all that money we could just do what the fuck we wanted you know i think that's probably the early 2000s too but um so that's what happened with surf then what happened was they started chasing trends sort of like you know quicksilver and the billabongs they became the h&ms you could pick it up in costco yes like surf where when i was a kid growing up was like if you had money you were like if you were like a baller, not even baller right. like Gucci style, but like if you were like killing life, you had like Billabong or Quicksilver. Yeah. That was like, so it was premium. Yeah, it had this Quick real sense. Silver edition for the elderly. Exactly. Yeah. We had that. Yeah. The Waterman edition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, so that's how it was. And then all of a sudden it became this like, you could pick it up off price at the fucking cheap store down the road. Yeah. You know that? Um, yeah. I'm not going to answer that. No. It's not my home. 
No. I don't even know where the phone it's is. It's the bank asking for money. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know the number, don't answer. Don't answer that thing. It's, it's not even my house. No. <laughs> but hey, look at that beautiful view. I know. We are literally on the boardwalk in Venice Beach and the good side of the boardwalk off uh, Speak to the mic. We're around 20th Street, which is like where all the babes come and hang, and there's a good little vibe out here. There's the lifeguard tower. Um, so, yeah, so I imagine there's probably homeless people I, ringing I the hear, bell. I hear a female's voice on that. Yeah. For you? It's definitely not for me, dude. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, this, this guy Bumble told me to come here. <laughs> hey, here for the gangbang. <laughs> Is anyone here yet? I'm early. We can start the gangbang. Yeah, I'm hey, I'm here. We'll stop the podcast early. (laughs) All these photos of you on the wall. Exactly. (laughs) Thanks when I shaved my head, I was getting a barrel. That was fucked. That was like six months ago. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You remember how long my hair used to be? Yeah, I know. That's why I was surprised when it was short. Yeah, dude. The um, literally last year. So it Dave's hair's Dave's hair's around his shoulders right now, but yeah, when I met him, it was probably to his nipples. Now, and that you're saying past your knees, it was to my knees. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, dude, I kept sitting on it, and it's funny because I had a, I had a talk with Rob Machado the other day, and he's like, "Dude, your hair." I'm like, "Yeah, dude, it got too long." He goes, and he's like, "Yeah, same thing for me. I just cut a whole bunch off because every time you go to push up, you just pull your head right back down to the freaking board, and you're like, ah, and you're stuck." You know, especially as you're yeah. dropping in on a wave. Ah! And, um, yeah, it, was, it just got too long. That's absurd. And I had like a triple man bun because it was so long. Yeah. Well, Rob's can hide his in the fro. Like right. it kind of shrinks him. But when he gets wet, it like it goes long. Yes. You know, so. Yeah. So where are you living now? So I just bought a house up in Topanga. Uh-huh. Um, I was in Venice for probably the last six or seven years. Yeah. And then there's a few months we're just in OC while we're trying to buy a house at our in-law's house. But uh, Topanga, man, it's kind of – I like it because it's a bit more removed. You get pretty burned living in Venice. Right. Like between dealing with homeless, parking, just everything, and then everything's expensive. And I, I grew up in a small little country town, kind of like, like you does, like on the hill, a few hundred people around. You know, okay, there's a bigger island behind you, but your little community. Right. right. And that's how I was uh, in Cape Town in a little town called Komiki. So I needed to go somewhere where there's like no neighbors and have a space and, and it's 15 minutes from here. So it's the perfect kind of transition. What direction of swell are you guys getting? It's pretty much like Malibu, what, South Swells? Malibu's on the south. Topanga works kind of all the, through the year, kind of south, north, kind of anything. It's a bit more open. I end up surfing third point Malibu a lot. Right. It's actually a pretty fun wave. First, so first point is where the classic Malibu is where you see the long borders. Right. And all the waves are. Second is a fun little kind of shorter, quicker wave. And then third is kind of like a lower trestle style wave, which is like easy to serve, rippable in section. On the north side. Yeah. So you just go a bit further up. Get some laughs. But it's cool, man. Malibu, the vibe, like, you know, if you're worried about surf culture, go down there. And like the vibe is still real. Like I just met some kids last week that were literally living in their van from Canada and they had like, you know, sleeping in their van. They'd driven down from Vancouver. They had a couple of babes with them that they just met. It was like what I imagine surfing was in the 70s. Right. It was cool. Do you ever go surf like County Line and Ventura and all that kind of stuff? Like Ventura and that's more wintertime. So, yeah. So, the shitty thing about surfing in California is summertime is down south. Wintertime is up north. Right. So, I'm kind of in the middle. So, we get a bit of everything, but it's not great. Yeah. How so about I the had- ranch? Yeah. So, I surfed the ranch first time. I've- I met a kid in Selena Cruz where you're going. Uh-huh. Um, and he was actually born on the ranch and he had a house wow. there. So 
I went with him. Do those guys, they should stay aggro because that is one of the best kept secrets in the world. Really? Like you can walk like into, here. yeah, you can walk into one wave. So there's a few people out and everyone was super nice. And not just because I was with him, but they just seemed cool. But all the other waves are a bit deep and there's waves that it's hard to believe are in California. Like pipeline kind. Yeah, they've got like real slabs, rights, lefts. And, but there's this wave called tarantulas and it's just this long right point. And it's as big as, it, as big as swell gets, it can handle. Wow. Yeah, it's cool. Wow. And then like you're surfing in like James Cameron's house is behind you and wow. like shit like that. It's, it's pretty cool. That's really cool. That's I mean, it's like what Big Sur probably like. was when, um, What's his name? The old Gonzo journalism, uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Oh, yes. Hunter S. Thompson. Like where the, when they were going to Big Sur and when he, you know, his, all his books Boys. came out. That's how there's, yeah, that's how that little zone is. Yeah. Like it's untouched. It's empty for miles on either side. It's just so goddamn fucking cold. It's cold, man. The it's fucking, cold. Yeah, if you're from Hawaii, forget about it. But see, now you grew up in South Africa. Yeah, I grew up in Cape Town where the water is. So we've got a weird one. When the water is in the 40s to 50s, outside is 100. Because in wintertime, and sorry, in summertime, when it's, yes, the climate in South Africa and Cape Town is very similar to Southern California. Okay. The summers are hot. So like you'll get like a 100 degree day and we've got a dry heat. And it'll be 100 degrees outside and the water will be 50 because this Benguela current comes in when the offshore wind blows, which is predominant in summer. Deep canyons. Yeah. So when I was a kid, like I was having these crazy migraines for months at a time. My parents thought I had like we thought we had like I had a brain tumor. There's something wrong with me. But it turns out I was just the the difference between hot and cold. Hundred degrees outside, hitting the water. Fifty degrees, being a grom and yeah, not drinking water. How rad's this dog? He's honestly, I'm a I've got a bulldog, so they're just the greatest things in the world. Yeah, he just walked up to us. And what's his name? Uh, Taz. Taz. He's very cool, man. Yeah, I'll he's super cool. Yeah, I'm since having a bulldog, I'll never get another dog. Yeah. Even though they're a Nami and the issues they have and shit like that is a disaster, yeah. they're the best. I uh, babysat one of my friend's dogs up on the North Shore and his bulldog, and I had no idea about the issues. Uh, so I took it over to Sonny's house, and the dog's playing with Sonny's dog, and then also the dog went into overheat mode. And we were freaking out. I had no idea what to do. I've got like a Mayan Goodwin with me and everybody, and we're like throwing him in the shower, bathing him, trying to cool him down. I think a Mayan stuck his finger up his butt <laughs> to wake him up, to get some ice in there and cool him down. And um, <laughs> I don't remember the exact story, but definitely a Mayan had something to do with his asshole and it brought him back to life. <laughs> Dude, yeah, fucking bulldogs. Don't get one if you're not fucking, <laughs> you're not ready. I mean, my wife and I worked it out the other day. We got pet insurance, so we've gotten a good portion, probably half of it back at least. But our guy's seven, and he's over forty grand in like vet bills. Yeah, like cancer, he's eating things stuck in his stomach. There's just the breathing issues. It's just one after the next. But the, the bone, the other side of that, and why we're happy to pay it, and I would pay it again, right. is because. Uh, they're just the best dogs ever. The personality, they, they're weird. There's like some, they're definitely aliens sent you to watch us. Yes. Uh, they're pretty cool. So if you've got ever had a bulldog. Well, I love my chihuahua. Yeah. He's the coolest little Problem partner. free, full of attitude, keeps you on your toes. He's a little lover. Oh, he Never is? barks. Okay. Oh, yeah. Just Unlike like, action. Unlike action. 
yeah. actually just wants to bark and bite. Yeah, actually don't grab your ankles. <laughs> but back to South Africa, dude. I want to know what it was like growing up there. Um, you know, I've had Sal Masakela on the show. And, oh, cool. You know, he grew up there and his dad's from there. Um, you know, he's on the black side. You're on the white side. Um, there's a lot of division in South Africa. You know what? I feel when I was growing up, okay, the first year that I went to school right. was the first year that black well, kids and white kids went to school together. Wow. And although I was in Cape Town, which is kind of like California, it's very liberal. Um, so we, it's pretty liberal. So I grew up pretty liberal. I never knew any difference. My parents brought me up, blacks and whites, intermingling. So that was already happening before Nelson came out of prison, which was 1990. Um, F.W. de Klerk was the president at the time of the South African party and he let Nelson out and that was kind of what connected the country and obviously I think we everybody knows about Nelson Mandela and what he did for that country you know he stopped from a civil war and kind of reverse apartheid happening and just through his humbleness um, anyway so I went to school not knowing there was any different um, there was like you would hear a bit of racial tension here and there at the time there was a little bit of like fighting now and then but like pretty rare growing up like as if you're growing up in Cape Town but it feel it felt a lot like and only now because I'm a bit older it felt a lot like what's going on in the USA now really? like there's so much racial tension in California even like so much people right are scared now. to say black like like no one knows what to call each other like they don't know how to communicate it's insane and, and, and immediately you're a racist that's like yeah and like you can't have a conversation and like look I get it like you know, life's pretty easy if you're a white person. Like, no joke. And like, you know, it's the same seriously, as it is. It is, yeah. But like, it's like, fuck, dude. I feel like it's not my fault. <laughs> like, I'm like, what can I do to fix it? I don't like, dude. I feel the same way. I feel exactly the uh, same like, way. You know, the white guilt is like real all of a sudden. But that's California, like yeah. that kind of thing. Like, and you know, I I grew up where I don't like. I honestly, can genuinely believe. Like, you know, they say there's. Racism in everyone, same as his hate in everyone. Yes. You know, I think Donald Trump's been a big litmus to that. Like, you know, it's so easy. We've all got hate. We're all born with hate in us, you know, whatever it is, or not born, but as you get older, like small things and you suppress it, whatever. Donald Trump has like brought out the biggest, the most hate in people and an right. excuse for people to hate. You know, I think that's a danger of, and I don't want to go into politics. But, but it's, but, it's both. You know, I think he's brought it out, then the Democrats explode it. So it's a, it's a dual thing. And it's like, oh, my God, here, because we want to look better here, let's do this. And I want to look better over here, let's well, do this. Well, people overcompensate now, right? It's so like, And the whole PC thing, everyone's like walking on eggshells, and it's like heavy. So going back to South Africa, it's like I don't feel – and I manage a kid. His name's Mikey February. He's an amazing black surfer from South Amazing surfer. Yeah. And he's the first – uh, he's one of the few South Africans to ever make the world tour, but also I want to say the first black surf to ever make the world tour. And there's been right. Hawaiians and that, but Mikey made it and, you know, last year. Anyway, he was with me and he was saying the same thing. He's like, dude, the tension here is insane. Yes. Like, everyone's like, you know, in South Africa, and maybe it is, I don't, maybe it is racist. Maybe I just don't know. But like, you know, if you've got two friends that name is Mikey, we're right. like, oh, white Mikey or black Mikey. But people right. would never even say that here. Like, right over there like oh shit like they're too awkward and like they don't ask questions and right. like hey like it's an open dialogue like the more we talk about this like i think the better it'll get right so anyway so yeah it was it was weird it's weird coming here and experiencing the racial tension over again yeah it's it's like started all over for you yeah it is 100 percent, and like it's all like i wake up in the news reading about and like this stuff happens and you've got jesse smollier faking like that he got like Ugh. beat up by white people and that like was heavy 
Yeah, and it's like I read in the news and like you kind of yeah, that's heavy and like it's it just causes more and more and more. And but like anyway, so it's a it's a fuck up. So, um, but still, growing up over there, let's put the racial stuff aside. Um, it's Africa, you know. In, in our minds, we're thinking elephants and lions. <laughs> that's and, funny, you know, zebras and and all that kind of stuff. Did you have that running around you? That's so funny because when I first started traveling, and I was, I was fortunate, I traveled a lot between the ages of kind of like thirteen and sixteen, surfing, and I'd go to Australia, the US, and people would be like. So do you just like have zebras in your backyard or like, I'd be like, yeah, I ride an elephant to school. And they'd be like, really? You'd be like, no, I don't know. It's like, it's like, it's literally looks like, yeah, it looks like Venice beach. Right. You know, we have, yes, we have amazing wildlife that are on the outskirts of the country, uh-huh. game farms, but everyday life is very similar. South Africa was colonized by the Dutch. So our infrastructure is incredible. Okay. You know, especially during those apartheid days, like the South African's economy then was like, like crazy. And it was, I think, built on like false, like on the backs of like slavery and all that, right? Um, but so our infrastructure in South Africa is amazing. So it's no different to growing up here. Right. I grew up in a small town. It's funny. When I first moved to Venice, everyone thought I was tough because I was from South Africa. Like, yo, he grew up in like, you know, it's like crazy crime, like all that kind of stuff. I was like, there's no. Great whites, there's crime. Yeah, there's yeah they thought so because like, yeah, I was like gangster. And I was like, yeah. uh, no, I actually grew up in like a sweet little beach town where I could just like leave my doors open. Right. And since the crime's gotten a lot worse, you know, since the last like kind of 10 years, unfortunately, because the country and corruption, people are desperate. So the right. crime is through the roof. But um, yeah, I grew up very lucky, like kind of like probably similar to growing up in Hawaii. Right. My my biggest fear was like the old dude that surfed at the beach because he's probably going to put sand in my wetsuit or make me strip and surf naked or something like that. Right. Now, um, what were your biggest surf trips as a kid growing up? Was it like going to J-Bay or St. Fran- Francis Bay? Is that uh, wave even any good? No. So that's a that's an interesting story. That wave has – I've surfed it probably twice in my we life. I know it from Endless Summer. Yeah, so that's famous for that. And you could probably still surf like little peelers like that kind of running. Yeah. You know, but that's the, I mean, you wouldn't, I don't even think I'd put on a wetsuit if it was that size. Right. I, maybe for the novelty sake, but if I saw, sure. I think I actually saw Topanga look like that this morning. I was like, <laughs> I'm just going to stay. I'm just going to stay in the car. It's warm. So that wave, Geordie got last year amazing. It takes a Pacific kind of swell. And then same as so many of these great waves in the world, they build a development at the top of the point and just so so much surf relies on the sand coming down and filling up the cracks in the rocks and that's the same thing so it's been pretty shitty the last couple of years Geordie got it amazing this year mm-hmm. but it's still not like you know in terms of the waves we have like the, where you're going in Selena Cruz next week there's probably eight better waves than that's ever been wow. you know so it's not it's not actually that good yeah. but the romantic idea you know that's how we attracted in the summer one discovery yes. right Yes. Um, so, but going back to your question, earliest memories, I remember going to J-Bay when I was probably 10 or 11 years old, maybe even, yeah, nine, 10 years old. Matt Hoy broke his board, fighting on the rocks to get it. Like that was a big one. Munger Barry won that year. Yes, I remember that one. Yeah, he won that year. That was cool. I remember that. I remember seeing Sonny. That, as, that was the first time I'd ever seen Sonny Garcia. Yeah. I, he wasn't even world champ then, I don't think. Um, must, must be 95, 96. Uh, he won 2000. Um, but there, and then when I was 13, I won this trip. So I won this international trip. How it got, how the ticket got bought was up to me. So the surf shop that I was sponsored by called, um, Jesus, my fucking memory is so bad. Um, 
OYB was this thing Lifestyle Surf Shop in Musenberg mm-hmm. they used to sponsor and they, this was this old guy Titch Paul and he was a South African surf legend and he did this thing for all the groms that were sponsored by the store however you placed in all the events that year all the junior events where there was national trials trials all that kind of thing they had a kind of a scoring system the winner at the end of the year and it was from like kind of 10 years old to probably 16 years old right all the surfers on the team one overseas trip. Mm. And in South Africa at the time, that was like a lot of money. Like, right. you know, that's, fly overseas. Anyway, I won. And the guy's son was going over for his 21st birthday. I was 13 years old. And they were going to Indonesia. My parents didn't have, like, I never wanted for anything. Like, you know, I, was, I grew up very well and like, but middle class, you know. But I was not spoiled. But, but I never like, yeah. you know, I grew up a white kid in South Africa. And uh, so <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like, yeah, I, I grew up well. Anyway, I, um, but they couldn't afford to travel with me. Like right. it was just too expensive and they didn't have that kind of money. So I, they sent me with this kid's parents. I mean, with this, with this guy, Titch Paul's son, Craig Paul, and his friends. They were all going over with three of their 21st and a bunch of other dudes that were like 24, 25. And I went to Indo, like, and I see this now and it's fucking crazy. I look at a 13 year old child and they're like small. And then I went to Indo for a month with a bunch of 21-year-olds with $500. Like, I remember my mom at the airport, like, crying hysterically. Like, because they had to sign back then. You had to sign right. a form to say a kid can even go on an airplane at that age. Right. It wasn't just check him in. Like, it was all this crazy stuff. I had to do birth certificates, unabridged birth certificates. And my mom just crying hysterically. And, like, my parents later got divorced, which might have been the reason. Maybe right. two years later. <laughs> that, but... Uh, but uh, my mom crying hysterically and going to, and I, at the time I didn't think anything of it. And I went to Indo for a month, more like five weeks with a bunch of like 21 year olds and 25 year olds that were like getting fucked up in the sorry club oh, and yeah. like do this. And I'd just be like home sleeping. And one of the dudes kicked me because I was probably pretty shitty when I was a grom, just arrogant and, you know, surfing and sponsored by Billabong and thought I was killing it at 13. And I was like, fuck them. And I just like went on a boat by myself, like to New Zealand and like not thinking of anything of it because Bali was also a lot safer there. Right, you know, right, it was right. less, I think the Western world had corrupted a lot more. Uh, I mean, a lot less then. So I went to Bali for five weeks. I surfed Padang Padang. I saw Tom Carroll surfing huge Padang. I saw oh, Fleva Roscoe. Like I just was, for a 13 year old kid to go to Indo for five weeks yeah. was insane. And I was like the school of like hard knocks, you know, I got like beat up by the old boys. Like, got forced to surf big waves I didn't want to surf it was the best thing I could ever done and since then I kind of you know decided to make my life kind of about traveling which I think we've all experienced you still you know how much you travel in your life you still want it just doesn't get old yes I'm really excited about this one because it's all about me by yourself how rad nobody else when I was a kid and I first started traveling I used to think like oh that's kind of sad that guy's eating by themselves and now I'm like that person. I'm like, I sort of be by myself and I can eat and get lost in yeah, my thoughts. I usually bring chicks with me or friends or somebody. And um, here, take some of this one right here. Mm. This has got that hemp infused and I feel it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. I'm getting What's cotton mouth. It's the coconut pineapple. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm you getting tasted. I'm drinking and I have cotton mouth. So that's what I have now. So I've got a CBD infused tea company. Really? Kira, yeah, Kira, like the wave. Like the spelt like the wave too. Mm-hmm. Cool. Kiralife.com is the site. Yeah. So one of my best friends started it, Aussie guy, and I've been involved helping him on the sales and the kind of the marketing side. 
The CBD thing is crazy. I'm, so I'm pretty much a bit of a pessimist when it comes to medical side of things. Mm-hmm. But I'll try everything. That's the one thing I will do. Right. I always keep, I'll, knock, I'll try it before I knock it, right? Except for penis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never going to try it. was that one time in Brazil. I <laughs> know. <laughs> uh, she pulled it around back. <laughs> Why does she keep making me do her from hey, behind? Let me tell you, bro. Joy and I had to share a lot of beds to get before we, before we, before he was rich and famous. So, yeah, a lot of nuts to butts. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> so but anyway, CBDs. Yeah, anyway, so I didn't believe it, tried yeah. it. I was like, I had bad hip pain. And I was like, oh my God, this shit actually works. So the rest is kind of history. Now, what is this stuff you just gave me right here? It's called Bliss. Oh, that's this company called Dosis. So this guy, his wife, he he's an engineer. He's this crazy dude that actually lives in Venice. And he's become a friend. His uh-huh. name's Jeremy. And it used to be called Humboldt, the company. But now it's called Dosis, which is like controlled doses. So these dudes... I've never smoked weed. I was never into it. My parents, I grew up in a very liberal home. They always are like, my mom always said to me, Day, drinking is better than, I mean, smoking is better than drinking. Right. For sure. But I don't want you to ever smoke till after 25 years old because you're, you're a young brain can't handle yes. it. And I never smoked because I saw I grew up in a small town where all the old dudes smoked and guys that were amazing surfers and never went anywhere. And I was like, I don't want to be that. So I never was into drugs. I kind of I drank. I always partied because in South Africa you drink when you're 14. Right. And uh, then, so I never really smoked weed. I struggled to sleep, and I met these guys, Jeremy, and some friends. And this was their company, and it was called Humboldt at the time. And it just, and because I hate like that the idea of like being out of my mind. And he created it because his wife couldn't smoke, and she had like tried to smoke a few times and got too stoned. So he's like, what if we can con- make a controlled dosage? That so the pen vibrates when you suck it. So you suck the pen and it vibrates when it gets to, you know, one, two or three milligrams of I don't know the actual dosage. I think it's five milligrams of THC with a mix. So you never get too stoned where you freak out and like right. go to run. So they have all these different formulas: sleep, CBD. That one's called Bliss. So that one's for, I think, feeling pretty good. Now what what is this? A pill? Yeah. So this is a new product, I guess. I just was in the store yesterday getting a new sleep pen. And they were like, try this out. But it's a pill, so you put it on your tongue. And it's again, it's controlled. So you're not going to like – I did edibles once in my life and right. once only because like I was just so hot so spewing like fucking thinking the government's coming to get me. And <laughs> I consider myself a strong brain. And I was like fucking – I've never felt like that in my entire life. And I never want to feel like that again. gave me a uh, big gummy bear Dude. the other day during the, con- during the concert. I did not take it. I Good. Gave, it's gave smart. It away. I was just like, uh, yeah, no, um, uh-uh. Yeah, it's fucking so smart. Yeah, so this, is, the, so this is Bliss. I mean, Dosis News um, Pills, I don't know. They, I had two of those, and I feel good, not high, like I could still operate and drive or whatever. I should have had one before. I had a big meeting today. I feel like I got that. stone drinking this drink. I know, that one's high dosage. Is it? Yeah. No, no, it's not really, but it depends. Maybe they've got good CBD in there. I mean, it, I and it depends how, you know, like anything. Like if you don't drink for four weeks and then you have some booze, you get drunk pretty quick. Dude, I have been drinking for but no, you smoke, a but week no, straight. I'm, I'm talking more about Maybe the two. CBD, you know? Yeah. Your body's <laughs> fine-tuned CBD machine. <laughs> I need freaking water infusions, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good. I know. That's one thing we don't do is drink enough water. Oh, my God. I met a nurse the other day. She was like, I should have brought him down because I would have totally give you guys freaking oh, IVs shit. and stuff. 
That is the best. That's the best. Yeah. You drink all night, do an IV the next day, bam, do it again. Jordy and them are doing them before they go for heats and stuff, you know, like really? before they travel, you know, because it just pumps your body full of fluids and the good kind. Yeah. Um, he did this thing with Red Bull the other day at the Wave Ranch where they tested the guy's lactic acid levels after a wave. So in surfing, you probably ride a five-second wave max is a good ride. The wave pool you're running one minute, so the stamina is through the roof. Yes. And they were testing the same as Olympic runners. Like super, like Olympic hundred meter sprint runners, super high lactic lactic acid levels, um, and they were saying though, regular like you know everyone goes the alkaline water. Yes. Jordy said, hey, so what should I do? Drink alkaline water. And he's like, in all the testing we've done, so well, this is an Olympic coach that works with skiers and everything from Red Bull. He's like, in all the testing we've done so far, we found out like we we haven't we've noticed that alkaline water does zero for the body. Really, magnesium. And just water. Those are like wow. the two, the only things. Yeah. So, which wow. I found was quite interesting because I've been buying alkaline water for a long time, thinking I'm extra hydrated. Well, I'm glad uh, they agree on magnesium because I take it. Yeah. Every day. And that's what morning. he said. It's part of my routine. Yeah. He, he talked about the body not absorbing the kind of alkalinity through the water enough, you know, compared right. to just regular water. They didn't notice any changes. Um, but magnesium, he did say, he's like, that's the one. And then, no, and that's what that going back to the drip, the IV. Right, that's what it is, right? It's a combination of fluids. It's not just like, hey, we're just pumping some water into your system. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, I definitely needed that big time the other day. I still feel like I need it. Yeah, I'm go another round. Like good douching. Yeah, you, know you need. You need to water. go see lead. Do yeah. fifteen minutes in the sauna, three minutes in the ice, fifteen in the sauna, three in the ice, fifteen in the sauna. And then straight into an IV, you'll be back. Shit. Yeah, I feel like you just took ecstasy. Three minutes in the sauna. Yeah. 30 seconds in this freaking cold plunge. Is there a sauna in this house? No, but I think he has uh, I think he has one of those hyperbaric chambers. Oh, shit. No way. Yeah. Fuck, that. that's cool. Yeah. I remember, yeah, I went in a hyperbaric chamber once. Oh, it's yeah. good for injury, right? Oxygenates yes. the blood, right? So it yes. focuses on the injury and yes. heals it. Yeah, the hyperbaric chambers. Okay, that's even more baller. Because what people then realize too, and I just bought a home, so I'm like thinking about doing this, is to put like a nice cedar wood sauna in your house, mm-hmm. it's only like 10 grand. Yeah. Like the benefits and stuff you get from it is huge. And compared, and There's so much room you can put it at your house. It needs like, I was at a friend's house yesterday, he just put one in and that's why I know. Yeah. But it was literally you need three foot by four foot. That's yeah. kind of space. And then a cold plunge. Literally is a freaking big cooler. It's a big cool. You buy it's big Tupperware. Go, yeah, <laughs> it's go to Home Tupperware. Depot and yeah. get one of those little horse troughs. Yeah, you need that's about perfect. Ten bags of ice. Yeah, so which costs you ten dollars, you know, dollar yeah. a bag or whatever, and some water. It's so and it cool. get to thirty degrees and you're on. I know it. There is something about it. Like I believe that. I believe that hype. Like it. You feel Absolutely. like incredible afterwards. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You feel like you're living, and I think that's. I need it. As we get older, I think we lose that more and more remember like the risks you took when you were a kid oh yeah and like same I, I think about that a lot because I watch Groms and I'm kind of aware of what kids are doing and mm-hmm. you know back to Jackson getting a crazy wave like you just take these risks that you wouldn't normally take right. these uncalculated risks and I feel like when you have an ice bath that's how you feel you come out you're just like jeez I feel alive yeah yeah you're definitely alive there's no way fans are about it this thing is definitely giving me like that super mellow like my eyes are getting heavy yeah, it's good. Yeah. Sleep. Well, you gotta go to. I just smoked a big old fat hit. 
So and, I, and I don't even smoke weed. We're gonna get I you got back on the mouth. We're gonna get you back on the highball. That's but that's why it's affecting you. I wonder if there's any THC in it. We should have a look. I think so. Yeah, because I, I, so, I'm totally feeling it. Because I haven't had, I haven't seen that one on the market because I'm pretty aware because of the CBD brand I have because of Kira. So I look at all the other kind of beverage brands coming out to make sure we're the best. And I haven't seen that one. Huh. So I wonder if that one's purely a THC one. There might be THC in there. Guaranteed, dude. I'm <laughs> feeling it. I remember when uh, my ex-girlfriend, she was like, hey, I've got some CBD for you. Let's put it under your tongue. You'll never feel anything. Dude, I was high as a kite. Yeah. High as a kite. Um, and she's like, really? <laughs> we, you know, we like, launched this brand. fucking high. We launched this brand and I've never had a, like, a, I've never seen people freak out about a product like they did this. Anyway, we, we, we only made 4,000 bottles our first run. We wanted to see mm-hmm. if people actually liked it. We put in a couple, we did, we decided 20 cafes. That was it. Put in 20 cafes. People started messaging us like, yo, I had the best night's sleep I've ever had. We were like, fuck. That's <laughs> not meant to be, that's not meant to be the cause. But like, message after message, yo, I had one. I fucking decided to go home from work. <laughs> we were like, Jesus, dude, okay. So Maybe much THC. Yeah, no, no THC. Zero THC. Really? But strong dose of CBD. Wow. High, super high dose of CBD. That's how that was. That one I did was this really, really high CBD and there was no THC. I'm fucking high as a kite. <laughs> yeah. High as a kite. And I'm like, I remember these days. I, you know? I went down to uh so point one emi oh, I wasn't seven point one emi no. I was going to serve Oxnard and I was driving down and which Oxnard is just past Malibu County right. Line kind of zone, you know, like this is on the other side. And it's just hemp fields. Really? Which just out in the open, like literally two like Two, four, two to four, five feet away from the freeway, hemp fields, wow. hemp plants. And they've got a big sign that says, no THC organic hemp, right? Yeah. Obviously, fucking, that's not true. Right. <laughs> that must be it. But literally just fields and fields. And, you know, I grew up in South Africa where it was old school. Like when I grew up in just kind of around when I was born, porn was illegal. You weren't allowed to have a Playboy, like shit like that. Like Rodriguez, people don't realize the movie about Rodriguez, yeah. the musician. Like I remember my dad singing Rodriguez in the shower it being on the radio over and over again. Like one of his albums when it came into South Africa because South Africa went through that kind of anti-establishment Bob Dylan thing like, right. you know, because of that, because of apartheid. But I remember my dad telling me like, oh, this record got scratched out, this song, because it was about like kind of fuck the police, right? Like wow. the early days and that's how it was. Anyway, but um, and I forgot how we got here. Uh, oh, the CBD, yeah. So like I still see a weed plant and I'm like, whoa. And I see people smoking in the street. I'm like, whoa, fucking crazy. Like, oh, and right. we're in California now. Like, this is 2019. You, if and- you go to Iowa, it grows everywhere. Really? All along the sides of the road. You'll see plants, giant eight-foot-tall plants, buds growing off those things. And you're like, right against a cornfield. And you're like, holy shit, look at this weed. Amazing. And my mom always told me, like, you know, we're talking about growing up. And then I never, I never even tried some weed till I was probably, you know, 30 years old. Wow. I'm just never interested in it at all. Well, see, and, I smoked weed all when I was young. Yeah. Then I became a single dad, and I cut it all out. Yeah, that's just rad, right? Because yeah. you want to be present. Yeah. You know, you don't, and that's what I never liked. I never liked the head high, and I, that's the idea that kind of scared me. Whereas these are a bit more, it's body and kind of a bit more control and CBD, and that's what you like. I like about CBD. Yeah. Right. Um, but my mom always said to me like. Fuck, no one ever gets high and then goes home and beats their husband or no. beats their wife. I'm yeah. sorry, she said beats their wife, Only you know? when they're drunk. It's the drinking thing, yeah. you know? And Absolutely. like, as I get older, 
I want to drink less and less, but it's harder and harder. Ooh, it tastes good. <laughs> Fuck, it's just so fun. <laughs> it tastes good, yeah. 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 Oh, it's your favorite drink. I'm a vodka. I'm on the mezcal train right now. Mezcal. Yeah, some guys in Venice started this company, Madre. They kind of got me on. Yeah. Lost Explorer got a good one. I like the mezcal. I love tequila. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's oh. just cleaner. I mean, you know, I love beer. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I didn't drink beer till I was older either. I love but, uh, whiskey too. Yeah. Good whiskey. I hate gin. No, gin is bitter. I don't get that. My sister drinks gin. It's terrible. Ugh. Yeah, and tonic. Ugh. Old ladies drink when they've lost their taste buds. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, Soup dogs. Yeah. Gin and juice. Yeah, I think that's just the theory because it's like, because you know, they're associated with like luxury or whatever back in the day in the early rap days. Right. Right? They're drinking like Hennessy and shit like that, right? <laughs> Hennessy sucks too. Huh? Oh, it's the, it's gross, ass. right? Oh, yeah. I'm a, fr- a couple of friends drinking. They love it. I'm like, that shit is trash. Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't want no part. And rum has got too much sugar. Yeah. Dry our rum. Much. Yeah, the hangover. So, South Africa, they drink rum and coke. Uh-huh. This company called Clippies. And the Afrikaans guys drink it, which is the Dutch side of South Africa. Right. right? And that's the old kind of generation. So, Dutch dudes hated surfers because fucking and really? in Durban they had a big rugby team and the surfers we all go to the same bar right. and they call it clippies is the clip drift is the rum that they're in from South Africa so they call it clippies and cola which is clippies and coke right. rum and coke and we call it ninja water because the guys would drink it and they just want to fucking fight us <laughs> like, oh be like yeah, rum makes you want to fight the sugar I'm drinking trippies right now because yeah. I'm tripping but we got a comedy store to go to tonight yeah i see a comedy roast i'm excited i fucking love comedy i've been watching as i get older i watch more and more comedy because like you read the news every morning i read i read the news every morning it's just fucking doom and gloom right right? so like you need that comedic relief and i feel like comedy is the one place where like anything still goes right Right. who's your favorite comedian i just can't beat Chappelle. chappelle i like Bill Burr is awesome, yeah. uh, but Dave Chappelle just like Joe Rogan. Joe's good. I, I to me, I like his podcast more than like his right. comedy. He kind of just yells into the mic and there's like. What about Joey Diaz? He's he's badass. Like he's funny. He's just he's, he's like old school comedy, right? Oh yeah. There's nothing he's is all fucking gangster. exactly. Nothing he's is fucking out of the question. Cuban gangster freaking comedy and what's that Hawaiian guy? He's gone a big recently. Oh, Joe Coy. Joe Coy, I watched his the other day. He's funny, man. Like yeah, he's super funny. A lot of his stuff is, what I liked about his show was it was in Hawaii, so it was very Hawaii-centric, yes. and I've been lucky to travel to Hawaii a lot. So when he's talking about their sleep bars and like shit like yeah. that, he's fucking good, that dude. He is so good. He's so good. Well, I look forward to tonight. We're going to have fun. I'm excited, man. Yeah, thanks yeah. for having me. Absolutely, dude. I have to, have to invite you back again. I have to invite my friend from kona over here to take me to a comedy show in my backyard so exactly. thank you thanks for coming and showing the local what's up get a rebel i'm seriously my i have caught mouth we're gonna, so, get, you, we're gonna like, get you a high c like that trying to freaking talk right now cigarette and a high c will be good to go oh my god mezcal hey thanks for having me brother you know it's what I love about what you're doing is it's a way to catch up. Well, you're going to start shit. one here soon, and then we're going to promote that. We're going to rage cast. Yes, <laughs> just where I Talking shit on everything. Shit. on the surf industry. Yeah. That's what, hey, you know what? Who cares? Yeah, I know. Fuck them. But you, you know, know what? what? People are going to come. But that's the problem with the world right now. We're all too sensitive. Yes. We're so afraid to stand up for you know. That's like the Me Too movement. Yeah, and say anything. Oh my God, you can't you can't say anything about the homosexuals. 
you can't say anything about freaking anything anymore. No, you, people, you legitimately have to be afraid of everything you say. I and so not. And like, again, maybe that's because we're white males. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but it's serious. Like, you can't say a thing. You can't write anything on your social media. You can't do this. Like, the scanning. So, you know, the rage cars is going to be so about sensitive. releasing the fucking beast and then making sure we have a solution on the other side. Oh, yeah. And that probably we won't do it because no one... No one sees the work side of what a pod goes into a podcast. I think it's just shit. Like, yeah. but you work tirelessly to put this out, and you've got to raise money to pay for it because it's, nothing's yeah. free and blah blah blah. And so, if so actually, if you want to donate, go to surfriderfoundation dot com slash doza dave You'll get a t shirt in the mail. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> We're gonna have all kinds of cool stuff coming out here in the next. Art, sell some of the art on these walls around us, oh, and it should pay for a few more episodes. Lord, yes, that would pay for a whole lifetime of episodes. Yeah, Just one of them. Go outside, and enjoy the Venice sunset. Yes, let's do it. Thanks for having me, brother. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks everyone for tuning in, and I'm gonna go get a drink right now. Uh, Who we hope. <laughs> Damien, thanks for being on the show, and thanks everyone for tuning in. And special thanks to our sponsors out there, such as Onnit. Onnit has Alpha Brain and uh, all kinds of other good stuff out there. Go check them out at onnit.com forward slash doze nose and get your discounts there. And uh, remember that they have a money back guarantee on all their products. If you don't like them, they'll return them, give you your money back. Can't beat that. Hurley Clothing, they are the brand of now and tomorrow. They have the best board shorts, best surf clothes, and regular street clothes on the planet. Um, that's why they have all the top stars riding for them, such as John, John, John Florence. There's so many Johns in there. Chris Amore, and many more. And uh, so go check them out at Hurley.com. Um, GoPro, they're the uh, best little cameras on the planet right now. They just came out with the new Hero 8, which is out of control, the stabilization on this thing. Every single thing about this thing is so badass, it's unlike any GoPro you've ever seen before. Um, And they also came out with a Max 8, and uh, this is the 360 degree. It's tiny, it's the size of a regular GoPro, and it's so sick. Go check them out. Go to my website straight for the link and uh, get your discount there. Um, the prices are unheard of right now. So you guys remember paying $7.99, $8.99 for these things. They are actually only $3.99 and $4.99. So uh, go get the best that you can get right now at GoPro.com or visit Dozos.com and link straight through to them. Um, Kona Boys, they're the one-stop shop for ocean fun. They operate a legit selection of outdoor activities. Um, they're the one-stop shop for boards, bikes, and other beach goodies. They have two locations, one down in Kalakekua, the other one down in uh, King Kamehameha Beach Hotel. Um, tell them you heard it on Doze Nose. Get 20% off of anything that you want. Or go check them out online at konaboys.com. And once again, put in promo code Doze Nose. Get 20% off. Ola Brewery, they're the newest sponsor to the Doze Nose podcast. They are incredible. I love them. 
Their beers are insane. Their brewery is insane, if you ever go to Kona. Uh, but you can order this stuff online at olabrew.com. And uh, they have all kinds of killer beers, IPAs. Um, they're right now the hot beer out there. They're seriously the hottest beer out there. They have ciders. They have new seltzers. The new ginger seltzer is insane. Go check them out. Olabrewery.com. Um, Kona Coffee and Tea. Best coffee in the world. I know. Because I drink it every single day. I cannot wake up without my coffee, man. And especially my Kona coffee. You guys know... You guys are usually getting a blend, and it's like 10%. And uh, Well, this is where you can get the real deal. 100%. They're not going to blend shit, and it's at good, legitimate prices. So um, whether you're in Kona and you're stopping by their store or you're online at KonaCoffeeandTea.com, um, just go check them out, man, because you're going to get the real deal. It's grown up on the slopes of Walleye, roasted and brought down fresh and packaged Daily, from the coffee and tea. Gotta love those guys. Maverick Sport Fishing, um, Captain Trevor Child, 808-896-7985, or MaverickSportFishingKona.com. This is one of the best boats out there if you want to come over here and try and catch that 1,000-pound marlin or uh, giant ahi or ono or my my. These guys are always hooking up. And they have a beautiful, beautiful charter boat, um, air-conditioned, fully bedrooms, bathrooms, kitchen, living room. You're going to love these guys. They're going to get you hooked up. Tell them you heard it on Doze Nose, and you're going to be all set. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. And until next time, uh, we hope. Everybody knows